Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a new guest and potentially new friend of the pod. He is the co-host of Pop Rocks and Soda podcast. It's Doug Wartell, everyone. Hi, everybody. Is it yeah. War- Wartell or Wartell? It's Wartell. No, it's Wartell. Wartell. I would have changed. I would have changed my name if it was Wartell. We're here today to talk about the 1978 question mark movie sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band i question this because i read uh okay so i read a on the imdb trivia for this that uh the director of this movie wait no wait what did i wait what did i read? <laughs> yes the director of this movie michael schultz was proposed by robert stigwood to do grease and then he turned it down and then when uh, Grease became popular, yeah, um, he was just like, fuck, I turned that down. And uh, Robert Siegwood was like, do Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band? And Michael Schultz was like, of course I will. But it turns out Grease and Sgt. Pepper's came out the same year, like a month apart. So I'm not sure. Yeah, to add to, add to your point, um, Travolta was asked to make a cameo in it because Stigwood owned him for four movies, right? On the back of playing Barbarino. So he asked him to be Bob, in this film. No, wait. What's that's not his name, is it? That that was his name in Welcome Back Cotter. Oh, Cotter, got it. I was right, just like, that's so, not that's not his name in Greece. Right. No, so he owned him. He essentially signed him when he was just like a a teen idol, right? Like from 16 magazine and stuff. And he was playing Barbarino on Welcome Back Cotter. And Robert Stigwood, for all intents and purposes, is a record producer. And he sort of got into films and signed this young man for like something like $4 million or something for four movies. And right away cast him in a movie that he wrote about an article, which was Saturday Night Fever. And oh, that's a so, Stigwood. Yeah, that's a Stigwood. Oh, so is Grease. So as Sergeant Pepper is in pre-production, John Travolta is doing press for Grease and it's becoming a phenomenon. But then like Sergeant Pepper comes out a month afterwards and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what's right, what's wrong. So we're saying 78, because that's what I find online. That it, yeah, Sgt. Pepper is 78. Um, it is written by Henry Edwards. There's a play, apparently. Yeah, uh, I guess it toured as a play before it was a film. So they, there were there were many places in which this could have been stopped. No, hold on. We'll get to, we'll get to we'll get to how I feel about it in a minute. Let me just finish this background thing. Uh, so the play was written by Tom O'Horgan and Robert Robin Wagner, uh, Wagner maybe. Um, music and lyrics by, of course, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, except for uh, "Here Comes the Sun," which was written by George Harrison, and uh, like I said, directed by Michael Schultz. According to IMDb, a small town band hits it big. At, but it must battle a nefarious plot in the music industry. That is what we saw. That is what I watched. Is that what I watched? I'm still unsure what I watched. Yeah, it's like you described the plot of the apple. 
I love that movie too. But it's so great. It's so, so great. So I've never seen this before. I've known about the movie, this movie, for like maybe f- fifteen years. You know, I so what? <laughs> okay, let's get a little personal for a second. When I was in <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like fifteen years ago plus, maybe uh, I found this album the the soundtrack in the rock and roll hall of fame and i bought it there and that's how i knew of this movie but i've never seen it until today right wow (laughs) and i think i love this movie and by i think i mean (laughs) i know i love this movie it's a journey isn't it it's okay like like you have beatles music which ideally you can't go wrong on on paper sure on paper yes um you have great talent you know you got the bgs peter frampton you've got earth wind and fire making a cameo you've got aerosmith which i believe at the time they were still kind of new aerosmith aerosmith was right uh i want to say they were right they were hitting their stardom no, they were they were well in their like their prime. Like we tend to think of Aerosmith because of our ages is like the the thing they did with Run DMC first. But yeah, uh, they rocks, yeah. rocks had come out, I believe. Um, yeah, no, Aerosmith rocks had come out uh, and then Toys we- in the Attic as well out then. So, yeah. But. I okay, so I know I love really bad and wild movies, and this is like right in that right in that, right sweet, in that spot. sweet spot. Yep, because like it's a musical, which I always will love, no matter what. But uh, but it's also cuckoo bananas crazy. Yes, it is what my ancestors would call duty. But duty, I, yeah. But I I enjoy it very much. It is pure crap, and I loved every second of it. Like yes. I was laughing at it so hard and reading it's like unfortunate because like i think the people behind it so like the bgs especially and then subsequently the beatles who hated this movie yeah um, actually i think it was only like uh who was it like two of them have only seen it and the other two didn't yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think like paul paul and, and ringo saw it, were at the premiere uh and John and George uh, never saw it. So. Yeah, this is this film documents what whores we can all be. I don't care. I love it. It's so good. It's it's so wild. Because like, okay, I don't where, know. I don't where know. to begin? <laughs> I, like, I love the movie Tommy, and I've said that on that episode. We we did cover it. Recently. Yeah. Um. So this is giving me the same vibes. Like they were smoking the same drugs, at least. Yeah. Or doing this, doing the same drugs, I should say. Right. Um, and Paul Thomas is in both of them. I love Paul Thomas. He plays in, in this one. He plays Dougie, um, yes. the brother. And in Tommy, he plays cousin Kevin. Yeah. He's always a relative, like. Like just like a, a stone's throw away from the star, and I don't know if you listened to that episode yet, but I in it I said that he originated the role of the of the Rum Tum Tugger in Cats. <laughs> did he? Is that true? Yes, he did. <laughs> he's he's a theater 
actor. Too. Oh, okay. So he's like he, a theater icon. Yeah, he was also in like the West End production of Jesus Christ Superstar playing Jesus. Oh. Like he's a big deal. Ken Russell had uh, cast him in other musical movies that he, they did. And like he, I would say he's like up there for like theater though. But like, like surrounded by all this talent in this movie, he's like, I guess a nobody for the audience. For the, like the audience, right next to the ne- right next to the covers of Teen Beat, which at the time were Peter Frampton and Andy Gibb and Leaf Garrett and that sort of thing. Like it was a it was a gala year for feathered hair. Andy Gibb is not actually part of the Bee Gees. He's no, the, he's, he's just a brother. brother, right? Yeah. And he he was bigger than them at this moment in time. I have to say too, like, um seeing the Bee Gees in this movie, like, this is their, this is completely opposite of what I know them as. You know, like the music, in, in, I mean. Right. They're, they're, for me, they're more like disco, soft, like, ooh, partnering or whatever. I, I, have, a, I have a question. Did, did you, are you familiar with the early Bee Gees, like the song Massachusetts? Or? No, I think I, I only know like the top like staying alive and Saturday Night Fever style music. All right, so I have to clarify this for both you and the audience. The okay. their early stuff was often compared to the Beatles, right? It oh, was, interesting. Yeah, it's you should give it a listen. It's very interesting. And then what happens is Stigwood talks them into doing the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. At this moment in time, when Sergeant Pepper is being filmed. They have not become a disco phenomenon yet. They are trying to recover from uh, just a like almost they were almost has beens and their brother Andy is the biggest thing on planet Earth at this moment. Oh, so the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack is sort of dangling in the wind like that's their future. And then that thing hits. They become a phenomenon. And then this movie comes out and they're like, guys, what were you doing? So it's an interesting, yeah, it's in, it's an interesting pocket of time in which this film is made. But like, I, I mean, I guess, what has it been? Almost 40 years later, 50 years later, 45 years. I don't know where we are. Time is weird. <laughs> but um, it's fascinating for me, a modern day audience member watching this time capsule of a movie, yeah. knowing what I know of the Bee Gees and uh, subsequently of the other people involved in this but also going this is like to me this is different because i don't know their other uh, discography i should i should look into it and thank you for the recommendation yeah but i like, mean it's, it's definitely a, an interesting point of reference i mean it's, it's a i i i really much i very much enjoy their early stuff too but like a day in a life a day yeah. in a life that was beautiful <laughs> yes their, their version of it was beautiful um they're great. It's great. I love this movie. I'm going to say well, in the very, very opening, right, when they're, you know, after we get into this like World War One story. Oh, by the way, it, I don't know if you noticed this in the very beginning of the film. They're explaining to you that the, the legacy of the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band are going through. This is a band that appears apparently in every war except Vietnam, right? Like they just skipped over mm-hmm. Vietnam entirely. And now uh, Billy Shears is played by 
uh, Peter Frampton is now the heir of this band who he starts with the Hendersons, who are the Bee Gees. Oh, you missed, you also missed, uh, glossed over the fact that the original Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band ended World War One with their music. Yeah. And yeah. their marching band uniforms. Like, we gotta. We I gotta like that timeline, though, don't you? Yes. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> you well, know, that's so- like. You know, I mean, that's consistent with what I've always believed, which is Rocky Balboa ended the Cold War. So I like yes. living in that pocket yes. reality. Yes. So I'm mm-hmm. comfortable with them ending World War One. I. I am so happy that. Oh, my God. Like when that happened, I was just like, what? OK, I guess I'm buckled up and ready to go for this movie. <laughs> right. But they, I guess, apparently forgot how to play Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds when the Holocaust happened. I don't know. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying they probably, you know, where were they then? You know, I well, I thought it was I may have black blacked it out because this whole this movie is like a fever dream. But like, were they actually involved in World War Two and um, Korea they, and all that? They went through all the wars and they're definitely uh, the there's definitely a war in which more modern uniforms are worn. I assumed that was Korea because Vietnam's not on the, you know, they show you the wars in the beginning where George Burns is pointing out the history of this band. George Burns. I, does it feel like a lot of his narration is just like post-production? Like, oh shit, we need it. We need to make this make sense. George Burns, come back. Well, if you notice, uh, Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees have no dialogue. This is essentially a silent film for them. They're well, miming everything. I okay, so I did read on IMDb trivia, grain of salt, everyone. The reason they did have dialogue. They they did record them speaking those lines, but they couldn't hide their British accents. So oh. that's why George Burns is the one that is redubbed them because they are an American band. Oh, and I'm just sitting here like, but the Beatles aren't American. Like, couldn't you have? They could be British and in America. Well, I guess they needed to set, you know, set it in the Midwest because in the 70s, the Midwest was the heartland, right? Like it was the. Well, it it is in Heartland. That is the name of the town. It's literally in Heartland. Yes. (laughs) The Sergeant Peppers from Heartland, USA, ended World War One. That is what George Burns says. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he did. Oh my goodness, this movie is amazing. <laughs> For so many reasons. Where do we want to take it from here? Where do we go first? You want to go through the songs or do you want to go, try to go through the plot? Like, Can we figure out what the plot is? Because it feels <laughs> like there's too many plates spinning and some of them come crashing down uh, and then the rest of them just keep going and... I don't know what I'm supposed to pay attention to. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, somebody, they kill um, Aerosmith, basically. And then uh, what's his name? Steve Martin comes in playing. uh, Well, okay. Yeah. So like, (laughs) okay. First of all, you are, you tied time itself into a knot. Just then, like it is exactly. Yes. Yes. And well, there's also Alice Cooper, who is this, who, by the way, has the greatest this that is to me the second greatest cinematic moment in the history of film. Alice Cooper singing because with the Bee Gees is <laughs> great. That is well, second. That is only second to him putting half a bicycle through a homeless person in Prince of Darkness. Like those are the two <laughs> greatest moments in film. Well, I wouldn't 
call what he did singing. No, no, and that's what he and we are better for it. Like when he goes, <laughs> like he's like because the world is. I'm like, oh man, I love this so much. You know, because the Bee Gees do the lift of the harmonies, which are so perfect, they just sound like a keyboard. Oh, it's it's so good. It's it is it is <laughs> that scene where I'm just I watched it and again my brain went to um uh went to Tommy and I was like, what's with cults? What is with the cult like the cult culture? I yeah, guess. so so for the audience, if you've never seen this movie, Alice Cooper is kind of a cult leader who's programming people with big screens. And what do they say? Like, we hate love, we love. We hate joy. We love money. Yeah. Which... Well, so if they hate love, how do they love money? Or unless yeah. unless they mean romantic love. And then unless it's, like, it's okay. an abusive relationship with money, perhaps. Well, so, OK, in this movie, there are. Three villains that are like working together. Yeah. <laughs> There's must Mr. Mustard or whatever, who, by the way, I love the robots. I love the robots that he works with. And I want, I, I want his bus. I want it. Their background vocals, the robots background vocals on She's Leaving Home are better than the original. I'm just kidding. I love that so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and then uh, you've got uh, Alice Cooper playing a cult leader. And yeah. then Steve Martin playing a demented plastic surgeon which by the way is the precursor to him playing the dentist in yes. little shop of horrors yes yeah. I, I i wrote down to ask you do you think little shop cast him in that because of this role they're like identical the roles are identical he may as well have just been like i am your plastic surgeon yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, he's essentially playing the same role. If you loved him in Little Shop, you'll love him in this. But this happened first. Yeah, it, it's the prequel. <laughs> it's its own story arc. Because what happens is Mustard comes into Homeland USA, wherever this town is, um, and wants to take it over for whatever reason. Because um, Yeah, like, small- why would you? It's just, yeah, it's like a gift shop in a gazebo. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. Love the gazebo. I love all the little heart details in the gazebo. And yeah. did you notice that? I did. It's- and I also noticed that the green building behind them appears to be one of the paintings Sonny did for an album cover in the movie Xanadu. Shut up. I need to now rewatch this movie. I'm going to start it now. <laughs> I believe but, that's true. And, but like, um, and then, because so. He uh, mustard comes into this town to steal the instruments from the original Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is a trumpet in the shape of a heart, a tuba, a baritone saxophone, and a drum. Yes, they're talismans essentially. Right, and then he sells them or he gives them to his co-conspirators. Yeah, I guess because like. Cause, well, it, okay, I'm kind of now making sense of this movie without them telling me what's actually happening. So Mustard does that. Steve Martin, the plastic surgeon, creates the perfect soldiers for this cult that Alice Cooper then brainwashes. Yeah, and in turn brainwashes me. 
Yes. Brainwashes all of us into liking this movie. Um, yes. And then I just don't know how Mustard fits into it. I guess he's just like the big bad guy. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he has all the b- big bad guy parts. He drives around in a big bad guy car. And he's he got does. big bad guy robots. He's got big bad guy robots. And he's got big bad guy energy. It's yeah. much like it's much like big dick energy, but like bad guys. Yeah, but so, sinister. Yeah, but it's, sinister. Like, it's like sinister dick energy, John. <laughs> oh, sinister dick energy. S-D-E. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So, but like, meanwhile... Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees as the new Sgt. Peppers are making it big in the music industry. But it's all a ruse, isn't it? Is it? Well, the, you know, they kind of it's kind of a scam. Well, so yeah, they, they want can, the money. Yeah. The the that producer guy, one who I thought was Ringo Starr for the longest time, but isn't. No, uh, no. Wants money. Um, and he doesn't care. It's it's like and he seduces them, he seduces them with uh beautiful women and drugs yeah yeah that seems pool. to be a theme in a lot of movies that like uh these indie or like up-and-coming artists who want to make it big and like the big record company is like the bad guy and everything. like you, you left heartland to be motley crew yeah snort That's... ants right now off this pool um I don't know if you know this, but uh, I don't know why I'm dropping this trivia right now. I don't know what made me think of it. Apparently, Aerosmith was not the first uh, choice for the whatever the band name is. Who was the Uh, first choice? Oh, so the band name in the movie is Future Villain Band, FVB. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess? Kiss. Let's take a guess. It's Kiss. I knew it had to be Kiss. Kiss. Turned down the role, but then decided to do Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> no, but I'm about to. <laughs> I go once we're done. I may, I may rewatch Sergeant and, call, and, and please go. call me back immediately for that. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up on that piece of trivia, uh, piece of trivia that you just dropped. Well, because like I, I was thinking about it. And I feel like this isn't the right movie for Kiss. Like, no. I'm not going to lie. It would be great if they were in it, but... There's no, there, there's no right movie for Kiss, John. Well, it's not. Except Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. I was about to say, if you... Yeah. <laughs> I, I just looked... I just read the <laughs> the blurb uh, on IMDb over it. And I was just like, yes, this is a Kiss movie. This, yeah, like the plot is... of Sgt. Pepper isn't that different from the Kiss Meets the Phantom part. It's not. Like the right. plots aren't that different. Right, but Kiss needs to be the lead. They can't be this bit cameo part. Well, let me hit you with some Aerosmith trivia about this movie. Okay. Aerosmith is notorious for writing really great contracts, right? And oh. a stipulation... Uh, that they had to appear in this film was that the Bee Gees could not kill Steven Tyler. It had to be an accident because they are a rock and roll band and they could not be killed by the Bee Gees. That is a true story. So Peter Frampton pushes him off the platform and it's really the fall that kills him, not being pushed or stabbed or something. And to bring this full circle, I know that their contracts are, are pretty amazing because of the following 
they once did a tour with Kiss fairly recently. It was like, a you know, Kiss has been on their farewell tour for like the last 25 years. But like they <laughs> a stipulation in their contract was you had to have at least three original members in your band, which Kiss did not. So they went and had to hire their schmucky first drummer to come back just for their tour with Aerosmith. Wow. That's who Aerosmith is in a nutshell. Like they they write contracts where they're like, if you can't make us look anything, you know, and you make, can't make us look like, like anything but Aerosmith. It sounds like the cast of the Fast and Furious movies these days, where it's like, we can't lose. We have to win everything. Right. Or, or if we lose, it's got to be a tie. <laughs> right. Right. So, but yeah, that they, that was in their contract. And I wish Alice had the foresight to put that in his contract because he gets knocked out by Barry Gibb. I think that'd just be, that's also just funny. <laughs> Alice left rehab for three days to shoot that. I saw that. I read <laughs> yeah. that. He left for three days to record him, quote unquote, singing, and then also to shoot that scene. And it's not really that long because the song Because is what, like two minutes long? Two yeah, it's not very minutes. long at all. Yeah. And so he's, o- he's only in maybe, we'll say, like four minutes of the movie. Right. Which can. Which that can take like two days to film because of all the camera angles and setup and everything. But I mean, they got their money's worth. With oh, oh, yes, they did. And incidentally, when he gets out of that rehab, he makes a record called From the Inside with Bernie Taupin. And it sounds like every Elton John album. I'm not joking. He makes a record with Bernie Taupin about his rehab experience called From the Inside. And it's if you want to hear a good musical, that's the one. Uh, so I was reading about the finale number, the Sergeant, the finale version of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, where they try to recreate the album for artwork from the Beatles, you know, where they have all these guests and everything. Yeah, there's a and lot I, of cameos, right? And apparently they sent out like engraved invitations to anyone and everyone in the industry and those that responded back got like this like star treatment. We're talking like apparently they were given limos and there were like individual tents in the green rooms or whatever, like for them to uh for that one scene in the movie. But I'm looking at the budget here now and it the budget was eighteen million dollars. And that scene alone must have been the most expensive scene. <laughs> I'm guessing you're right. Yeah, I mean, but $18 million in 1978. 77, yeah. 78, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's got to be. That's still million. a lot, but like. That's that... not, but nowadays that's not even the craft services table at a, in a Marvel. Oh, no, 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 no. No, yeah. yes, totally. But like, that's that's a lot of money for 1978. But like, I, I'm still guessing that a lot of it went to the talent that moment yeah that moment in the film where you have like bowser from sha na na standing next to like twiggy and And then all of the hollywood stars and then tina turner standing next to carol channing like (laughs) uh golden but but, i mean this movie just broke even because it uh so the budget was 18 million it made 20 million dollars yeah. Uh, worldwide wow i thought you were gonna say like it broke even when you rented it <laughs> like, like the moment you rented I, it right 
I rented it and then I just bought it because I was like, I need this forever in my digital library on Prime. Can we, can we talk about the funeral? <gasps> the glass casket? <laughs> so there's a character who's Peter Frampton's girlfriend who dies in the film. It's okay. She comes no, no, back to no, life. No, you, whose name is Strawberry Fields. Yes. And I, I, will, was, yeah. I was just like, okay, so I have like a love hatred when it, when movies do this, when like, cause like even across the universe did it, but like, I feel like they did it better. I, I would hope so, John. Have you seen it? You've I, seen it yes? I think I've seen a few minutes of it and I had to stop it. So, okay. So like they did the same thing where they named all the characters after Beatles songs. So like the, there's Jude, Lucy, Max, Sadie, Jojo, I already hate it. I already, and... this is filling me with rage. <laughs> but they don't sing all of their songs. Oh, okay. Like, there is Hey Jude because uh, they have to justify it somehow. Yeah. But yeah. like, they don't sing Maxwell Silver Hammer. They only make reference to it. Or right. like, like you see him walk hitting... around with a hammer. <laughs> he, he like tries to fix a fan or something with a hammer. And it's silver? Yeah, and he clanks it in rhythm of like in the song. Uh, um, uh, they do sing "Dear Prudence," but I'm just watching this movie, and I'm like, "Why do you name her Strawberry Fields? She could sing Strawberry Fields forever, but name her like Prudence or Penny Lane or something." Eleanor. Right. Yeah, yeah. Eleanor is a good one. Yeah, you yeah. know, or Martha. You know. Yeah, there's some. You know. there, go through the whole cat. You went through the whole catalog. For the, all and, these names, they were like, "We got to shoehorn that one in." But the funeral itself is amazing. So she dies, and she's in a glass coffin oh. in the gazette. The whole town is upset. Her crying boyfriend is next to her, singing, about to begin. Uh, was it a uh, Golden uh, Slumbers? Golden Slumbers, and then they go. They mash that up into carry that weight when they lift up the casket. And as horrible as that sounds, it's still more dignified than the way Ivana Trump went out. Oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, yeah. Billy Shears didn't bury her in a golf course. They just carried her off and sang that song. And then uh, Billy Preston shows up. Billy and- fucking Preston, the only member, silent member of the Beatles, who to kept show his dignity. Up. That's not yes. what you were gonna say. Well, no, I was going to say he just showed he's the only one who shows up because I think all of them are like, you do this. You go. Right. You, 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 you do this. We, we, you got our permission to use our music. Go ahead. Figure it out. And, but Billy, In was fairness, like, he actually played on the real song. Get yes. back. Yeah. So he comes out and I don't know what he's supposed to be because he's not sergeant pepper or the ghost of sergeant pepper because that was a different actor that is his character name though sergeant pepper yes that's amazing because he's not sergeant pepper in the rest of the film he can be the original sergeant pepper who knows if the original band of sergeant pepper's only hearts club band has a sergeant pepper is or is the sergeant pepper lonely is the sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band menudo i think it's more like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, they just get swapped out? Yes. Oh, okay. Because, right. like, even the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton are just using the name. 
They're not oh, right. claiming yeah. they're Sergeant Pepper. So maybe, maybe Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is just like a name that is like passed down from generation to it's generation. It's the friends we made along the way. Because like Preston is supposed to be a weather vane. <laughs> He's a weather vane that comes back to life. He comes to life and magics everything. Um, turns the villains into religious figures. I don't understand what the message is from that. No, um, like no. they found Jesus and now they're good. Is that what they're trying to say? I don't know. Um, that, that that went above my head. And then mag- like him flying around the town hall or whatever that is. Like I was laughing. That scene, I when I see that, I cackle well okay so because like they had uh uh they have what what is called on the record the death of strawberry which is the two songs we talked about and then they sing the long and winding road and then um which is you know yet another sad song and a day in a life where we talked about the bg sing it and it's beautiful and it's like right but billy shears billy shears is about to be billy shears is about to murder himself but then billy preston comes to life and sings get back as billy shears jumps like jumps off a roof and then they just play the film backwards and he's fine (laughs) this is amazing it ended like the first superman like he just came back played the film backwards we're all good i don't care i loved it i loved it because like because like you know the they have the bonkers crazy moments sprinkled throughout the movie and i'm laughing with it and at it mostly at it and then we have that serious moment yes it's wild that she's in a glass coffin but it's still pretty serious and then all of a sudden billy preston magically (laughs) pops on screen what's amazing to me too is like as this is all happening there's not a whole lot of mysticism there is though if you think if you go back to uh, Maxwell Silverhammer, where Dr. Oh, yeah, Maxwell, right. played by yeah. Steve Martin, yes, he's a plastic surgeon, and I guess they're trying to, like, speed up what he does, but he has a, a wand, basically, that he goes, poof, you're, you're a new person. <laughs> or, poof, you're paralyzed. Oh. Right, that's true. Yeah, and, he, and it's hilarious. It yes. is so hilarious. Can we talk about how Barry Gibb Prime is looks like a lion? Like he just every time they close up on his face, he just looks like a gentle lion. Barry and, Gibb Prime, and he's like singing and playing. And even when he's doing like, even as soon as he's singing back up on "Little Help from My Friends," when you get that shot of him and Robin Gibb looking to their left to ask if if you know Peter Frampton needs anybody, he just like. He just looks like this really kind lion, and I wanted him to like be the lead of the film, just like follow him on his lion adventures with his cubs. <laughs> you know, I wanted to see the, I wanted to see Barry Gibbs' pride. Like he just looked, he just looked really great. Like I want to see him roar off a big rock. You and know, see, I wanted Peter Frampton and Paul Thomas to switch roles. That would that would have been a better film. I I one thousand percent agree with you because I love Paul Thomas' singing voice, and it's very unfortunate that like he's only featured in two songs, maybe 
Yeah, when like he's like the intro to Sergeant Pepper, he does. He's the intro, and then him and Lucy, I think her character name is Lucy. I'm pretty sure it is. They when they basically have sex on them over a bed of money. Oh yeah, yeah. That he has a duet with her, but like yeah, I so like sex his... on a bed of money is proudly represented in this film, of course. Yeah. But uh, but Peter Frampton. Just looks like a mouse. So if you think <laughs> Barry Gibb looks like a a lion, Peter Frampton is a fucking mouse. Like yeah, a tiny little fidgety mouse. He he looks like that character type that shouldn't be the lead, but he's like the nerdy lead. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's like wait when he walks, he's like lanky and weird. Like yeah, he's just really awkward and the opposite of like what we know is like a set like i guess your 70s heartthrobs are like burt reynolds right like right i mean you know, even even he's like this Barry dainty could thing. have been a could have been a heartthrob yeah in the 70s yeah i guess he was probably after the saturday night fever soundtrack or whatever and with his mm-hmm. you know polyester and his chest or whatever but like and i mean but it's the quaff that he had was unreal like i couldn't get past it i'm like how do they do that to your hair like it's layers of feathered hair like he's probably the king of feathered hair well you know that hole in the ozone layer you can thank some of it on barry gibbs yeah personally stylist yes don't disagree but yeah (laughs) i mean oh my god this movie is amazing (laughs) and it's funny because like imagine like the pitch right and then george martin who produced the beatles who is who is personally responsible for many of their songs and also their entire later career where he had to sew their songs together for them to make sense because they couldn't stand each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's George Martin being asked to do this musical and he's like, and Stigwood's already bought the rights. Okay. We owns them. Well, I'm going to oversee it because I've overseen everything the boys have done. Imagine him like watching the dailies. Yeah. And just being (laughs) like, what the fuck have I done? And it's, they tell the stories of like few weeks into production, the BGs are like, "What are we doing?" Like, I, I I did read on IMDb that they wanted to be fired like two weeks before they started. Yeah, they were like, "This is going to be bad." Like, and never mind that, like the the guys whose name is on it most prominently, Robert Stigwood, has a hit at the time that they're shooting this. So maybe they're like, "Oh, maybe in editing it'll be grease," right? Like, like there's reason to stick around, right? Because there's this huge pop culture phenomenon happening outside of that set that this same guy is responsible for. So, like, because I'm trying to really for real put it together in my head, like, what makes him stay? Like, I would have just run. I'd have been like, oh, I'm sorry. I would have feigned an accident or I mean, I don't legacy you're playing with. But like, I also don't know if how. Mm. I can't speak to it because I don't I didn't I didn't live their experience. I don't I'm only like reading this trivia, listening to you and watch the final cut of the movie. But like, you know, while you're in it, you don't really know if it's going to be good or bad. Sure. Like, I think there were signs, John. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But like like the woman who played Strawberry Fields, like she may have been like, "This is gonna be my big break." You know, I'm in a oh, movie yeah. with the Bee Gees, and and in fairness, and like George we Burns. To, we should point out 
that she her performance is fantastic in it. She's great. And yeah. you know, Paul, um like like we're kidding about like you know, like we're we're talking about all the bad things in the movie. Her performance is fantastic. I I will say this. I will go one step further and say all the actors in the movie are great. Yes. All I, and, I agree. And like the the cameo performances, they're doing their job. You know, they're they're basically coming on to do like a music video. Or right. what what we now call a music video, what would then be like their performance on some uh like um uh Give me a late night show, the late uh, the the Tonight the, Show or something, right. yeah, or at, or at Sullivan, you know, it's like they're they're giving that style of performance, yeah, you know, they're like we're just or like here, laughing be- or like you know or like any yeah. of that sort of stuff, yeah. So they're they're fine. Um, it's when Peter Frampton needs to start acting that you're just like, are you sure you cast the right person? Right? Are you, did we have to go this route? Leaf Garrett was available, like you know. I'm trying to think of like all the big, you know, Tiger Beat people at the time. You had Leaf Garrett. You had, I mean, you could have got Scott Bayo in there. I mean, not now. I mean, yeah, I know. I don't you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> Cut I mean, that part out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm leaving everything in. But like, I don't know how they could have saved this movie or gotten more like notoriety for it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, there's no way, there's no like super cut to make this fantastic, right? Because it is perfection. Right. <laughs> but we have to also point out some of the other good things. Like, there are great versions of these songs. Um, yes. Earth, Wind, and Fires. Uh, what is that? Uh, Gotta Get You Into My Life is fantastic. Uh, I need to re listen to it because, like I said, this is my first time, first pass at everything. And to me, Gotta Get You In My Life is like, the a rock a heavy rock song not that's why i love it like i like my favorite version of um don't let me down is phoebe snow's version right like if you can bend a beatles song and make and own that bent version right it becomes something else and that's why i i adored it i think that version is fantastic i think that's the direction perhaps george martin and robert stigwood should have went in the soundtrack for real like instead of having steve martin sing maxwell silver hammer with in this sort of tongue-in-cheek no way do not goofiness. do not change maxwell silver hammer on me <laughs> but do i mean not it would have been really interesting to have like let's see who's like really huge in 1977 who isn't like casey in the sunshine band right like if you get like try and think like who would be mm. 1977 and and not like rock like if you got like well like elton john or some or somebody i'm trying to also think of like who was in tommy right right. (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it would have been interesting to see something like you know um, you i david bowie do bowie bowie doing like lucy in the sky with diamonds or but Although bending not, it, but bending it. Not, not we don't even need to hear though. the riff. I'm not gonna lie though. I did like appreciate Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds in this movie because it's all women singing it. Yeah, that and was like, interesting. And like, so get the runaways to do it, or yeah, or some or something like they could have done a lot more or not. 
Because, right. <laughs> again, I think it's perfection, but that's just my opinion on it. Right. Uh, but how great would have, like, a like a version of A Day in the Life as sung by ABBA would have been? Like, that would have been, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think I think I just had a don't, don't I think say I just it. had an orgasm. Don't say I, I could orgasm. see it. Don't say he did it. He just totally did. In a napkin. He did it I'm right sorry. there in a napkin. Uh, it's cuz uh, I mean that's yeah, give that's me, a clean give, me Abba, give me Abba, give me Abba singing anything. I fucking Right, but love I mean it. that would have been really interesting to have like Oh my god. But bending it and making <gasps> it their wait, own. Wait, okay. I know we kind of I know you like Dallas Cooper. Can we I, have yes. Abba replace him? No, but with their with their sweet sweet harmonies singing because yeah they could sing behind him like the Bee Gees did and he still gets to do that. No, nah, but I want. Nah. I want <laughs> well, okay. How about Alice? Oh wait, that Alice would have been the greatest Axe. song ever recorded. Now that I think about it, like Abba and their perfect harmonies going because and him going <laughs> yeah because the world that would be amazing. But, but it's Abba singing, but Alice Cooper acting. How's that? We'll we'll compromise. Um, all right, maybe. And then every once in a while, he'll come in as Snidely Whiplash or whatever. <laughs> Is that his name, Snidely Whiplash? No, that's <laughs> that's from um, Penelope oh, Pitstop. No, what's the what's that name of that? Sh- it was a cartoon. Dudley Do Right. Oh, he was, okay. He no, was not the, too far off. He was the literal vil- villain who would twirl his mustache and like tie the 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 girl to the railroad tracks every episode oh yeah 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 every episode i'm still just thinking of alternate versions what would have made this movie better like the knack singing polythene pam would have been fantastic i mean all those celebrities in the finale number have them throughout that would have been great oh man uh doug is there anything else though you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat uh we did we really we kind of talked about this movie yes because yeah. <laughs> much sorry. like the movie i'm having a fever dream while recording this episode <laughs> yes uh grace jones singing oh darling that, that, <gasps> like you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh my god You're... we just made a better movie we did now let's travel back in time or just make it now we have films well, that do better than do more things than their you know their crew is apparently that is do. true. We don't really need them because of CGI and other things. Right, we can figure it out and phone apps. But yeah, and, let's move on to the next segment. All right, let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Yes, sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. I don't know if we really did talk about this movie. We'll figure it out. No. Uh, if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it is flat. Yes. And I went weird with my flats. But do you want to go first with your sharps? Okay, so my sharps are, well, of course, because, right? E- easily, right? Okay. <laughs> um, my my The whole cult scene is a sharp for me. Um, the Aerosmith scene is fantastic. I, I mean, their version of Come Together is great. But the highlight, the sharpest of the sharp is, uh, again, got to get you into my life by Earth, Wind and Fire. For me, that's oh, that was yeah. the highlight of the film that it almost legitimized the thing. Um, I wrote I wrote down George Burns as a narrator because like oh. he has that perfect 
voice. He does. Um, and and I he might be he might be you might be too young to remember this, but I know it's very popular to say uh, Morgan Freeman is your God. George Burns is my God. Well, I, I don't know a lot of George. I don't think I know a lot of George Burns films. So you're not familiar with the movie. Oh, God. No, he plays God. I can see him playing God, though. His co- The co-star is John Denver. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, find it. Um. Because uh, he does have that, he like Morgan Freeman. He ha- his voice has that presence. It does. It was also a little weird because you're just like, why does your calming voice, uh, it, it is in this cuckoo crazy movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, I okay. So there was a there was a marquee for Sergeant Pepper's in one in one scene, and it says for thirty seven nights only. And I was just like, "That's okay." I'm sharpening you because of because it's wild. Um, it's the implication that it's so huge. They're so huge that they needed to play 37 nights. But that's an odd number. Yeah, it's a weird number. It is. A, yeah. It literally is an odd number. They can only get half the hall if it was 38 nights. You know, they've like, exhausted I, the population. I mean, you know, for like shows with limited runs they say for like eight weeks or for 13 weeks not for 45 days they don't <laughs> right, say right. that no 37 is a very peculiar number to 37 nights yeah 37 nights, nights right there's no matinee no matinees um i love i also am sharpening mustard's robots i love the fact that they have yes. like coils for hair yeah uh, those fantastic. poor people in those suits, though. Um, I also laughed my ass off when the Bee Gees fought Dr. Maxwell's nurses. <laughs> I just remember that. <laughs> it was amazing. It was. Um, I, I'm sharpening each and every cameo. Like, they, like I could, I like you could have listed them all, but I was just like, there's so many. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. And um, it's fun. It's like at you might be too young to remember Battle of the Network Stars. They were all there. It, it felt it felt like, a lot like um, We Are the World. It did, and like, it, but like we needed the Madam Puppet. I, I kind of felt her absence. Was Dame Edna there? <laughs> did I, I see Dame Edna I, as I, one of the people? I think so. I don't want to say for sure, but I think you did. Well, um, speaking of that scene, my last sharp is. To the gay that put Tina Turner and Carol Channing together. Like, <laughs> you know it was some homosexual PA on set that was like, you two stand next to each other. You know, that's, you know. <laughs> uh, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah. and it had to have been. like yeah. <laughs> You could say that. I can't say that. <laughs> you could say that. That's why I love it, because the gay intern that put those two together because they they cut back to carol channing a lot in that song and i was just like carol channing why are you in this (laughs) i really want to do an episode where you and i recast the whole thing oh but with the cast of rupaul's drag race done yeah i'm here for this yeah if i ever do i am trying to think of like patreon content or something yeah that's it like bob is definitely billy shears and Ooh, no, I th- I think you need one of the actual singers. So like a door Delano or Courtney act. 
right. as as one or um maybe even Willem. Maybe. Yeah. Then they can't be I only know it because my wife is like they're in my house all the time. So my wife watches your wife can join us with this conversation too, because yes, she's a, she, a super fan. She is a fanatic, so they're in my house constantly. So, and it's not just the show, right? It's the subsequent content, right? So, Trixie uh-huh. and Katya are in my living room. I, yes, all day. the time. I yes. love them. Like, and, you know, like, and then we had the who we had. Oh my God, All Stars! Like, we were like, I'm like sitting here going, like, Jinx is clearly the talented one. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we pretending? <laughs> Like, it, this is me now. This is my life now. I come home and I'm like sitting there go, judging drag queens. And I'm pretty, I'm so, I don't even, am so I doing, am I committing a hate crime? I don't know. But No, because like, it, it's reality television and they make you want to feel a certain way. Anyway. Yeah, it's a great show. Speaking of hateful things, what are your flats on this movie? <laughs> Let's see. Um, it See, this is, it's it's hard to to pick flats that were, do you want me Alice to go Cooper, first? Al- Alice Cooper getting hit by Barry Gibb, I think, is a flat for me. <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did flat because... You did? Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. I, what, I, John, why are you an agent of Satan? Because I love the song Because. Oh. I like the Beatles version. And then subsequently from Across the Universe... They have, it's like seven part harmony. Um, right. So when Alice Cooper came on, I was excited, you know, hearing because and everything. And then he does his version, his so take on it. You're not even going to talk about the visual of him in leotards. Oh, I mean, I love, I love the visuals. It's the audio. It's the song itself that I'm oh, just yeah, like. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, that's in a playlist. Like I listen to that on the regular, so I can't. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm actually, I feel bad for you. But I, I mean, I did love Alice Cooper in the movie. Itself. I wish that that version of Because gave you the same feeling of alchemy as it gives me. I, I do too. But um, I also flatted that Paul Thomas wasn't the lead. Cause, or like, uh, I agree with that. Agree, or in more songs, because he is to me a songbird he is he is to me what else cooper in this movie is to you how's yeah. that well I, can i can i just a, a little bit personal alice to me was my gateway drug to everything i was uh uh being raised by a stepmom it was dark time and i got into her records and that was it i was about eight years old the first time i heard i love the dead and that's actually in theme with the show, my first introduction to to musical theater. Oh, interesting. He, he sings the song I Love the Dead, and then he say, he just delivers this line, very much like the Starlin' because he goes, he goes like, I love the dead before they rise. No farewells, no goodbyes. I never even knew your now rotting face. When I was eight years old, that was the greatest song lyric ever written. And to me, he was a gay, like, th- without that moment, without that piece of music hitting my face I don't get into the Stooges I don't get into the Clash I don't get into I don't play an instrument I you know I play multiple instruments it's because of that moment when I was eight years old hearing Alice essentially doing Broadway I'm sorry to shit on your relationship with Alice Cooper Um, (laughs) or or shit on Alice Cooper but he plays golf with like Republicans now but yeah yeah you know, we didn't mention Meatloaf in our recasting of this movie. 
and I'm mm. very upset with us. But we, imagine Meatloaf, because he's 70s, yes? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah, Rocky Horror was 75. Yeah. So imagine Meatloaf in this somewhere. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry if I, I'm quiet. I'm, you made a better movie just then. Like with, it is. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that voice, yeah, doing Helter Skelter, <gasps> or like, no. How about how about Alice Cooper doing Helter Skelter? Okay, that's a trade I'll get on board with. Yeah, because I mean, I I do want Alice Cooper in this. I do yes. want him in this. I don't think because is the correct song for him. How's that? Oh, I agree, but that's we probably can... why I liked it. So that's probably <laughs> why I liked it because because I'm like, why? Whose idea? What? And then that magical moment happens. Um, and then I also am going to flat some of the traces and how on the nose they are. Like when they sing, I want you, she's so heavy. Oh, wow. Yeah, that whole scene. That's the record company seducing the Heartland kids with drugs and women. Right, but they're, they're literally is... looking at the women going, I want you, and you're like, I, yeah. You okay? Okay. So I, I will watch things that we mentioned. You need to watch across the universe, and then the two of I us will will, will message each other, reconvene. Because John, the way- I'm such a fan of your show. I, I just interrupt you. I now when I when you asked me about this, I was like, uh, yeah, but I'm not really a musical person because me, I judge musicals on if the soundtracks can stand apart from the source material. That's why, oh. by my count, there's only five good ones. That's me. Right. Okay. That's right? fine. That's just by my count, right? Like that's why I could never get into like rent, but I totally love cabaret, right? Because those that record stands apart from its source material, right? The the movie version you're talking about of cabaret. I have or both do you mean versions. Any- I have I have both versions. The music is fantastic in both, right? Well, that's candor enough. Like, come on. <laughs> right. So like any time any of your guests fail, I don't care what time it is. I'm going to give you my number. You text me. I'll come down like from a flagpole, <laughs> like a goddamn fireman, and watch whatever. I don't care if it's the new version of Cats. I don't care. I don't care. I'll watch it, and I will do it. And that's – and so <laughs> when you say we will follow up on something, I'm holding you to it. We will. Right. Um, would you add any of the songs from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, though, to your life's playlist you already have because you said that one. Oh, and no it, it gotta get you into my life is already on my playlist like you know i i play that one i play that one pretty often um but no the rest of them no um not even come together come on well i've heard i've heard that a lot uh the aerosmith version. yeah i guess so yeah i mean they're that version's fantastic and also what's the actress's name who plays strawberry fields oh i don't know let me find because out. Because her version of Here Comes the Sun is exceptional. Uh, Sandy Farina. Yeah, I mean, she sang that. She sang the hell out of that song. She was in... <laughs> oh, <She's... clears throat> I'm about to eat my words. No, no. She was only in this movie. Like, that's her oh, only okay. film credit. But she is credited on the soundtrack for The Toxic Avenger. The original? The original 1984 wow. movie. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. Um, Because I, I feel, I is she a, 
they don't say that she's a singer or not because her little IMDb is just like what she's known for, and that's it. So, oh, but no, but she hit. I mean, her voice sounded great on it. It was a good little moment, right? I would add Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds uh, come together in a day in a life on my life's playlist from this movie. Like, I really appreciated those covers of them. Um, yeah. But I think I would also listen to the whole album. That's a bridge too far for me. <laughs> but, like, it's also an opera in a way. Like, if you you don't need the spoken dialogue, I feel like. Or they didn't well, I mean, really Beatles account. songs, right? <laughs> so, like... Right, but they, they didn't really account. I, I feel like, like I said earlier, I don't think they accounted for spoken dialogue. Like, they, they could have just cut it all out and we would have still gotten the story. We didn't That's need true. George Burns' voiceover. No, I, but it, I think that... Because they added the silent movie texts to it. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. 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 I, well, so, I think that it, it would have been... It would have been... It's You know what? I'm Next time I'm just cleaning the house, I'm going to put it on, right? Because for every great thing that happens in this, there are four bad things. And, like, if you just put it on and just listen to it, I think you would have... I think you... Me, the royal you, not you specifically, will just appreciate it because, like, it's just then a cover album, right? Yeah, yeah. or or it's just like seventy celebrities, you know, doing Beatles karaoke. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like um. So I don't know if you've seen the movie The Greatest Showman, the one with Hugh Jackman playing. Uh, I have. I'm aware of it, but I, I've never. So seen it. not only is there the soundtrack to the movie, but then they had artists cover the soundtrack to the movie to create like a multi-disc album or whatever interesting and so that's what i feel like this album is for sergeant peppers it's like just just it's just people getting together yeah it's just people getting together to cover the beatles right no i mean (laughs) I, you know, I'm definitely going to play it next time. I'm just like cleaning the house or whatever. And then yeah. just sort of chuckle my way through George uh, Burns did... doing when I'm 64. Oh, you know? God. <laughs> no, he, you know? that, no, he didn't do that one. George Burns did fixing a hole. Oh, that's right. Which is now that I think about it, kind of creepy. It's weird. And he's dead. And he, he's dancing yeah. with the two girls. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but 70s were 70s were dark they were also a wild ride (laughs) yes yes and i'm glad i took that ride with you i'm so glad you picked this because i needed to see this at some point in my life and i think i found the right moment because i appreciate movies like this more now in my in my older years (laughs) (laughs) than if i was you know 17 and watching this or whatever whenever i went to the rock and roll hall of fame and found the soundtrack like Oh, I don't wow. think I would have appreciated it then as much as I do now. Well, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad I picked it. Oh, and now we're besties. Oh, totally. For real. Like, <laughs> Doug, you'll come over and my wife will adopt you. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. But, uh, Doug, I, I think we're done with the episode. Okay. I'm going to call it. We're, okay. This, don't worry. You'll be back. Now that I know you love Cabaret, we're, uh, doors oh, are opening. It's probably, it's, yeah, it's the best soundtrack to any of those films, I think. I mean, also, it would be great to have a guest on that hates something that I make them watch. I I told you, you, you hit me with that text. As soon as, they get, as soon as it hits me on the phone, I'm like, again, again it'll, it'll be like I'm you ready. put out the bat signal and I'll do <laughs> it. Uh, Doug, is there anything you want to plug or promote? 
Um, ah, well, I'm from a podcast called Pop Rocks and Soda. Um, it's a show where we talk about the parts of pop culture that are more absurd than your favorite urban myth. Um, well, I got through that smooth. And then, um, but yeah, no, like we tell like absurd stories, like the time Dennis Hopper blew himself up on purpose for no money oh. in front of an audience. Uh, Faye Dunaway throwing urine at Roman Polanski on the set of um, uh, what was that Chinatown? Like just so, absurd, absurd stories about. So uh, you you don't talk about Tom Cruise doing the next stunt for Mission Impossible or whatever. You talk about unless that stunt goes hilariously wrong, I probably wouldn't do that one. Like I tell you, we are. What's up? Sorry. He was on the outside of a plane for one of them. Yeah. As it took off. And it actually did take off. And you're like, this is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll have you want to talk about that. You can come Ah. on my show and talk about that. Uh, I'm waiting for the invitation. I want it embossed in gold. Yes. Um, With the limo. With the the limo service and the and this and the A list celebrities treatment and everything oh forget if you came my show you would get the a-list treatment john yes but i what we are doing for our season two finale because we're about to go on vacation our season first season's ending but for the finale we are writing a musical we are writing the making of the passion of the christ and we're turning that into a musical because the stories are insane more insane than the actual film I'm so, I'm also waiting for that invitation if you need some someone to sing for it. That would be I, fantastic. I love shouting into the void in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, why so I much. podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on, man. This is well, great. Thank you. And if you want to reach out, but not not you specifically, but like, you know, you the listener, if you want to reach out and talk about your love of the Beatles or do you also love this movie? I want to know. Email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, do you want to help Doug and I redo this movie? But, like, we need... I feel like the stipulation, though, is that it has to be 70s pop idols or, like, you know, celebrities. But now, and, like, I want to see them all melty and weird playing these roles now we it's not like we want we want the kesha's or the brandon yuri's no no we want we want the meatloafs right we, we want, want we, we want, want the alice coopers right we want dead meatloaf <laughs> like a puppet and then like marinated alice mm-hmm. cooper now mm-hmm. yeah we well i mean them. there's there's all the cgi technology around that we can Oh, Easily. we can recreate them. That's true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abba's actually doing a tour like that, aren't they? I, I wish you could put, put a pin in that, listeners. I wish you could see what he just did. I saw it. I saw it. I'm probably gonna cut it, but I saw. I saw it when I went to London like a month ago, and I saw the show on the Fourth of July. It was the best Fourth of July I ever had. Do they appear in the flesh at all, or is it just no? Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, um, Agatha, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. The blonde one. The one with the umlauts on her name. Sure. Yeah. Um, she, when they sing, when they have, when they perform, quote unquote, lay all your love on me, her face is the, the width of the screen. It is amazing. I love it. I loved it. I need to go again. <laughs> I am promoting that. Everyone needs to go. You know what? I'm keeping it in. Everyone needs to go see Abba Voyage. Uh, 
boy. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about the 1978 animated movie, The Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's going to be an episode, boy. That's going to be an episode. Uh, Doug, thank you so much. Maybe next time we can con your co-hosts to come on. Sure. They would, um, they would love to do it. Are you kidding? Oh, then yeah. why aren't they on this one? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, yeah. We're all like some of us have left for vacation already. So, we're oh, just, yeah, because you, you're true podcasters where you record like months in advance and then you release it periodically afterwards. Right. No, we are actually taking a two week break from the show and then going back to our taping cycle. OK, well, yeah. open invitation to your co-hosts. I will I'll say. definitely I will definitely tell them because I, I know they'll do it. Awesome. I don't know what, but we'll do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But thank you again for letting me berate you to come on here. Oh, no, man. I, I loved it, man. It was great. And again, like I, the, your show is fantastic, dude. No, no. I need yeah. to start listening to yours because I, I totally just asked you on a whim. <laughs> no, it's all right, man. You get like it's like, you know, because we do them. We're caught up in doing them. So, like, yeah, you know, you know, and I just figured, all right, well, what am I getting into? And then I, you know, and I put it on and I Bluetooth it in the car. And I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, it's, so. it's easy. It's an easy chat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, and Doug, we'll see you next time, whatever that'll be. And bye for now, everyone. Bye bye, man. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.